This is Do We Like Movies. It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, Do we like this movie? Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your Confederate vampire host, Javier. Oh, God, no, I please. Uh, yeah, this week we're talking Twilight Eclipse. This is the third movie in the Twilight uh, film series. And, man, I got to be totally honest. I'm, I, I think the next couple ones are actually going to be a little bit better quality. But uh, these middle Twilight movies are... <laughs> they're a bit of a slog to get through eh? I do declare this is where the story starts that's kinda, true kind of going what we call in the south is tits up um, yeah this is the third movie in the franchise again the, I think both of us are pretty new to this so we don't really have previous experience with this movie um, I do believe that this is the movie where we're finally going to start picking sides right you know i think around this time when this movie had came out everybody was making their decisions on whether they were going to be team edward or team jacob (laughs) and i gotta be totally honest before we get into this because uh having watched these three movies and you know getting to know the character of jacob i really need to know from people who listen to this podcast who is a fan of Jacob in this franchise and why? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> when you raise your hands, they're right there, officers, arrest them all. <laughs> they, they clearly like the child. It is, yeah, it is incredible. Um, but even before that, I guess, we if we could just get into this movie, this movie immediately starts with characters we have not seen before. <laughs> no, it, it opens up with what's this dude's name? Riley Byers, not to be confused with Will Byers from the what's it called? Uh, Twilight, not Twilight series, <laughs> the Stranger Things series. Yeah, no, funny enough. I mean, like, I don't even know who this character is. I remember popping this movie in, and and obviously, like, my wife has seen all of these. So she is more familiar with these movies than I am. And I just remember the first thing, you know, watching this and 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 her ask, asking me, do you know what's going on right now? And I said, absolutely not. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know these characters, do I? You're like, am I supposed to? <laughs> and she goes, no. She goes, but they're but they're gonna come back to them, so try to pay attention. <laughs> and uh yeah, so so again, this character, Riley, who I guess is gonna matter later, you know, you're seeing yeah you're seeing some sort of attack and i i don't know it just feels like par for the course for this now like it just feels like in this area of washington it is nothing but vampires so there's Mm -hmm. always like people that are randomly missing (laughs) either in forks or now apparently in seattle as well (laughs) apparently just don't visit the pacific northwest because you will end up being disappeared and turned into some sort of supernatural creature's dinner (laughs) yeah but so I, that's I think, what I'm taking away. But I think I will say it is kind of neat that that now we're going to get into a quote unquote story, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to get bigger than just the characters that we've been following, or at least this movie's going to attempt to do something where it's again that last movie. It just feel like it wasn't doing anything and it wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it, it existed just to give us exposition and to tell us where the series was going to go. But again, it's, I, you, it's almost our thoughts like, on it are already said. It's almost like they heard your complaints in the past from the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, bitch, you want this story to go somewhere? And they immediately <laughs> add more stakes to the third film. Yeah. Um, whether they come through as good or not is only left to be seen as we kind of discuss it more. But yeah. while we have these random series of attacks taking place to the north, Back down in Forks, we have Edward and Bella, 
and they are talking about pretty much the weird power dynamic and relationships that come with being an immortal vampire. So they're still on this. Um, they, you know, they have the plan that once Bella turns 18, um, you know, she's going to have, you know, she wants Edward to turn her into a vampire, uh, and that she has where the wherewithal she has the like you know she has sound of body and mind to make that decision. Um, however, Edward also you know he he feels that if he's going to turn her into a vampire, that that kind of makes this a permanent thing. Like the idea is that that they're doing the whole nine, they're getting married, and they're gonna have a formal relationship. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Bella has zero problem, like, spending the rest of her immortal life with this guy. But <laughs> she doesn't want labels, apparently, and is very against the idea of marrying him. Yeah. Or at the very least, the idea of marrying so young, to which I think is the kind of the point Edward is trying to make. Um, but he continues to refuse to turn her into a vampire before they're married. Uh, mostly that he wants he wants Bella to experience what it's like to be a human before she makes that ultimate decision to become a vampire. Um, and that's kind of like the crux of this film, or it's like the main driving force of the argument, like the conflict between Bella and um Edward. This comes up plenty of times in a lot of interesting ways is how important it is for people to experience and have that human experience. Um, and it's just, it's weird because it's weird to me because Bella, this entire film is always just like, but I know exactly what I want. I'm 18. And it's like, girl, shut the hell up. Yes. (laughs) You are a child and I need you to stop. Yeah, I think part of the problem with this movie now is that, okay, in the last movie, I think we were like, yeah, I'm not really with Bella. I'm not really with Jacob. Uh, It was better when it was just Bella and Edward. And one of the things that I'm finding now in this movie is I kind of don't like Edward as much anymore either because because it's just, I don't know, this relationship, I think, I, I like that they're going back to some of the questions about what happens when, you know, a human dates a vampire. But it's just, she's so, she's too all for it <laughs> for me in a way that I just, it doesn't really make sense to me. And I think the fact that it's Edward that wants to keep her as a human being is like, I, I don't know that it, I don't know that it like... Honestly, that that trope works for me. I like, I personally like um, the idea of the vampire that becomes bored with immortality. I always think that's a really interesting concept for this creature that has eternal life, but is damned to constantly drink blood to eventually just become bored and kind of misses the need and the wants of being a human human uh just a human creature yeah. uh like for example there's this uh there's this japanese comic i used to read when i was an edgy high school kid called helsing that was about uh the van helsing uh clan somehow bound uh dracula to work for them to to fight other supernatural monsters Mm-hmm. Um, and you find out that the Helsings actually used Dracula to fight against the Nazis in World War II, when he first met uh the Queen of England. Um, so fast forward to the point in the story where they're like in the nineties or the tw- or the early aughts, and Dracula meets uh the Queen of England again, but this time you know she's 60, 70 years older, and there's this really cool um there's this really cool uh like interaction where they have where she's like oh lord dracula you're you know such a silver tongue devil or something and he goes and, oh and you're still the saucy philly that i fell in love with back in the 40s like he and you know he talks about how he thinks the most beautiful thing a human can do is age 
And I was like, oh, you know, like it, it, it's a whole nother layer to these creatures that can't do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. So personally, I got no problem with like Edward being like, hey, constantly reminding her, hey, you should think about this. Um, because I do think it, it adds a little bit of a layer to his character other than being this weird, broody, no, but you don't understand. This is I- the skin of a killer bill. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of does I but I kind of feel like that is the way he does it. And so? we're going to and we're going to talk about it maybe a little bit later but I think there's going to be another character in this that's going to capture this in maybe the best way that you could possibly imagine it. Um mm-hmm. again, every time I I I've, I've gone back to these movies, I can't help but just continue to think about let the right one in, right? Mm-hmm. And just the tragedy of it. Of course, yes, it is difficult because the human is going to age and the vampire is going to stay young. And the tragedy almost always seems to be for the human, right? Mm-hmm. Like what I do like that this movie does is in let the right one in the tragedy is on the human side because the human is going to continue getting old and the vampires can stay the same age so like you know if we're looking at it from that lens bella would then at some point become basically edward's grandmother right (laughs) like she would become the caretaker because she would be the one that would continue to age as he wouldn't Mm -hmm. what i like about this movie i guess and i guess man maybe we should talk about it now because it, it's it to me it's such a gigantic part <laughs> of 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 what i liked about it and it's probably my favorite thing in this movie like period and that's uh the character of rosalie right mm. um who is part of the the cullen brood right i mean mm-hmm. um and she, there's the scene where you know they're where they're all um what do they get in together for there's some kind of a a, a gathering that they're there for in which well, bell in which bella is uh is that, is, that, well, is that her 18th birthday or, or am i tripping here no 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 you're you're so pretty much what happens is the because that's the thing this movie's very front-loaded with a bunch of action and back-loaded with a bunch of action but there's a lot of bleh. In between, yeah, there's a lot of shots of them going into the forest and running around the forest like morons for like now. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much, we might as well jump into it because essentially what happens is that the um, that the Cullens, this is when they start figuring out that there is a that the series of attacks taking place up north are actually um what appears to be uh they're more they're more uh coordinated than they think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when they find out that uh they're actually uh someone is intentionally turning humans into newborn vampires. And what we find out from Jasper having been a um someone that trained newborn vampires back in the 1800s uh, that's when they're they're most dangerous because they have little restraint and just like a hundred percent bloodlust, so they're just like carried by instinct, um, which makes them and they have zero control over their their muscles, which means they're just super stronger than your normal vampires. I love so, all this stuff. I love oh, all this stuff. This is this is really good. Uh, again, if the it's movie just... was this, and. Forks turned into 30 Days of Night where the Cullens and the Quillet the Quillet werewolves had to work together to kill this army of vampires. Sign me the fuck up for that. Fuck yeah, that movie sounds rad as shit. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I thought that's what this movie was gonna be. But for some reason, every time there's a big battle, this movie is there, everyone's like, okay, let's go to the designated Dragon Ball Z field where we all have to fight. (laughs) My biggest yeah, my biggest criticism of this movie is that there's some really cool shit in it, but the problem is that there's not enough of the cool shit in it. And, like, you and I were talking, like, I was texting you throughout the movie. One of the coolest things this movie deposits is they start going into Rosalie's backstory. And they go into the backstory of Jasper. Jasper, like I mentioned, he was a, um, he was a, what's called a Confederate soldier who trained Mm -hmm. uh, vampires uh, in the 1800s. And essentially fought 
for he fought in this brood of a vampire named Maria, and they essentially were running roughshod all over the south. Until I, need, eventually... I need Maria and uh, Jasper in a Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter style <laughs> civil war <laughs> exploitation movie. Honestly, and and that's what we were talking about, right? It's like Jasper's backstory as a gentleman vampire from the South, and then Rosalie has the even cooler backstory, in my opinion. Her shit was fucking. I, I you know what? Like her shit. If 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 Tarantino did like a like like a movie on it, I swear to God, I was like, yeah, that'd be great because, yeah, the story that she ends up telling Bella is exactly. The kind of stuff that again you should you wish you had more of like again we talk uh, like i talk about and let the right one in how it talks about the tragedy of being a human right where you're going to be older and the person that you're in love with is going to stay the same age forever well she posits something that i hadn't even thought about which is the tragedy of someone who is a vampire who's basically just existing while everyone else is actually experiencing life and what a brilliant way to put it because it's a way that i've never thought about it before like the fact that uh, that she is, you know, she gets really like annoyed or upset at, at Bella for being like so overly excited about about the prospect of turning into a vampire, and then eventually tells her exactly why that is like the shittiest outcome that she could possibly want. And obviously, it doesn't change her mind about it. But yeah, then because of that is when we get the Rosalie story, which. You know, it is the best thing in this movie. I, I the Jasper story is interesting. The Rosalie story and her monologue is the best thing in this. Maybe the best thing in the in the three movies that I've seen. It was like, probably the thing I was most juiced about, and it was probably <laughs> the most well acted. I think yeah. like portion of the film, um, because essentially is she's like in nineteen thirties era i believe it was like chicago or new york was it new york i think it was uh, new york right yeah yeah where she was like this uh like she was this beautiful young woman who caught the eye of a lot of like uh rich suitors and a lot of and you know while she was being courted she fell in love with this one uh guy in particular who unfortunately had a very uh a very terrible alcohol problem and would become very violent with rosalie um to the point where the movie does it they treat it very tastefully which i'm grateful about yes but there you know it is implied that she is uh sexually assaulted by this gang of men and when they left her to die as she lay dying in the street carlisle actually found her and without consenting pretty much without her being able to consent uh he turns her into a, into a vampire mm-hmm. so it's like there's this powerful revenge story that rosalie kind of represents of just not even even being able to consent in her death yep which then results in her going on a rampage and killing all the guys that were involved in her murder and I, I remember texting Angel immediately. Where is that movie? <laughs> that's, just, the, that's the one I want. Give me the spinoff. Give me the spinoff because it even the best part of it is that it ends like with her like showing up to mutilate people in a wedding dress, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> so fantastic. And I was just like, Dude, that's the movie we need. Like the Rosalie story is so fucking good, and I heard that in the book, it's actually very well written too. So you know, kudos Stephanie Myers and kudos for them being able to convey uh, that in the film. I really enjoyed that scene, and I I want more. Damn it, I wanted more. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wanted the entire second half of the movie to be to be her stuff again Mm -hmm. this movie is is really doing something that the last movie didn't do enough of which is expanding on characters that i'm actually interested in i think i'm just not that interested in werewolves because the werewolf stuff last time was not doing it for me it was like i was following it because the movie's telling me to follow it Mm -hmm. but i wasn't really going into it and thankfully in this movie it feels like there's so much less of it now that Jacob is, he's essentially going to be separated from much of his pack for for uh, for much of this movie. It, he's going to be kind of like a go-between between the 
Quile and the uh, and the the Cullens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but before that, we're going to get him being completely unlikable and uh, trying to force Bella to like like him. <laughs> it is disgusting. I can't. Again, I didn't really like him last time. I like him less now. I think he is very just not like who would like this guy? He oh my god, it's like and then he like forces himself on her and kisses her, and then she gets pissed and punches him and like breaks her hand. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's like, God, he just continues to become less and less likable. But also, it's like, I also think he's the one acting kind of like within what you would expect a teenager to kind of act. Yeah. It's just, oh, God. Is it maybe that we're cring- like we're cringing because we look back at how maybe that's how we viewed romance? Probably. I mean, again, it's like you and I have to, I don't, I know we've talked about it in a previous podcast, maybe 500 Days of Summer when we did. Oh, for sure. It's just. When you're younger and some of these like kind of notions about, you know, about being the kind of person that someone is interested in, it's just the gross part about it is that when you're younger, especially, um, you know, men or boys, I feel like there's not enough emphasis in media and just in, in us being raised in general where we don't we're not taught to focus on whether or not the person we are pursuing is interested in us mm-hmm. it is a game of sorts where it's like it the it encourages men to like go after women that are not interested in them and basically force their way into getting them to be interested in them mm-hmm. and uh, you know in in the movie bella does talk about how she cares about him and she does have feelings for him but they're not like that. And I feel like she keeps telling him the same thing. And obviously he doesn't get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it just, it, this and 500 days of summer and some of the other stuff that I've seen from like this period, this late two thousands, like, you know, teen movies and, and romance movies and stuff like that. Again, Jacob is not the only character who's at fault for this, but he is just so indicative of this kind of attitude that, thankfully we're moving away from as a culture and a society and that we're that me just as a person who's in his 30s now is loves to distance myself from (laughs) but me as a person in his 30s does want to remind that the one rule that does stand is if you beat someone in a fight by 80s rules you are entitled to their girlfriend that's just how it works <laughs> and if you don't believe me let's rewatch the karate kid together it's literally the entire movie of the karate kid <laughs> oh god the racist was the bad guy but even even cobra kai fixes that right because uh-huh. for all the time that they spend fighting over the girl you know spoiler alert for cobra kai she doesn't end up with either one of them I know that's the best part. <laughs> she has her own life, and as do they. So, again, it, yeah, it's it just it. It's interesting to see them, you know, Jacob working with the Cullens, mm-hmm. um, that they're forming some kind of easy, uneasy alliance. I think them working together against another threat is better than them just going at it with each other so i'll i'll accept it um and i can yeah it's fine you know he's 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 the character that's in this movie but honestly i can tell you if someone killed him in this movie i would have no sympathy (laughs) for his death um oh no how terrible anyway moving on (laughs) but you know at the same time i also think that uh i don't like how edward is kind of like i feel like there's there's scenes in this in this movie where edward talks down to bella in a way that also makes me not like him either Mm -hmm. (laughs) these are these are terrible men The only the only man that's worth a damn in this franchise still is Bella's father. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, poor, poor Charlie. He can't even get a like a simple dad. Like <laughs> yeah. he just refuses to call him dad. Yeah, I need again. We always talk about how Charlie is very underappreciated here, but uh, he is. Uh, he is. He is literally the most um, positive male figure <laughs> in this franchise. It's wild that the woman who wrote this story as like a a release of her you know sexual frustration as a Mormon woman has no positive male role models in the Mormon <laughs> community. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you get that TikTok I sent you earlier about how if you were to change the perspective of this movie to from Bella and Edward to Charlie, it's like a horror movie. it's like imagine you're you know you're a single father trying to keep it together and then your daughter who refuses to call you dad starts exhibiting like the strangest behavior and becomes suicidal and like screams herself to sleep at night it is Uh, a it is a parental horror movie to be quite honest I was like, oh god, this is turning into hereditary. I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> oh man. So but uh yeah, as we kind of go jumping back in, you know, as we learn, um, there's like an uneasy truce because the Cullens just simply don't have the numbers to take on this army of newborns that um that are were making their way down to forks. Uh, throughout the movie, we also see, um, we also learn kind of like the origins of the uh feud between the vampires and the Quillet or the Quillet uh uh werewolves, mm-hmm. where we see how like the original tribesmen um had to fight against um. And to fight against one of them, and that's kind of what unlocked their abilities uh, to turn into werewolves was being around these creatures, um, or as they referred to them, was the cold ones. Mm-hmm. And when one of the uh, first chiefs of the Quillet managed to kill uh, the first cold one, they were then attacked by his uh, girlfriend or his his, um, his mate, pretty much who started destroying the tribe. And this is when we learned that um, the person that actually saved the tribe wasn't actually, was, uh, I guess, the chief's third wife, who ended up uh, cutting herself, uh, making herself bleed long enough to distract the the vampire, which led to the chief killing, um, you know, killing the vampire and being able to save the tribe. So we learn that this is a long-standing rivalry, and this is something that uh, has been going on for way before even the Cullens got um, to the uh, Pacific Northwest. So essentially, it really establishes how important the uh, uh, the agreement is between the Cullens and the Quillet uh, to maintain peace uh, there in Forks. Um. So after so after the uneasy truce, they invite over the vampires to start uh or they invite the wolves to come over and train with the vampires so that way they learn how to uh be able to fight against newborns. This whole training montage oh, boring. Uh, it's just the baseball scene all over again. Uh, no, no, the baseball scene was more interesting than this. At, you least, had... it, at least the baseball scene was hilarious. Like it, it was ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious. And I think because it was so like out there, it kept me engaged no matter what. Mm-hmm. This does not. Like I wish they had like a director that was more of an action director. You can do montages. Like you can do things with late 2000s indie rock montages like you could do something like that and 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 make this a little bit more interesting but it's not again it's it's just it's too it's bland there's something bland about it it's like you know that there's a threat that's coming closer to you 
but because they're doing such a poor job of setting up like how they're all supposed to prepare for it it's kind of like okay cool like let's just get to it i really don't want to see you guys practice this <laughs> if you it's... play good music and you like you know make it worth your while and and put in a good montage then maybe i'll be more interested in it but you're not well, doing that what's weird to me is they're like oh we got to train so that we can fight the the younger vampires right the newborns and I'm like, well, it doesn't matter how much you train, they're going to be stronger than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to prepare. There's nothing physically any of you can do to prepare unless you have a way to shut down that part of your brain that <laughs> limits you, you know, how much strength you use. So I already thought that was kind of dumb. And it's not like the vampire, it's not like newborns have any other weaknesses that vampires don't already have. So it's like, what do the wolves need to train? They just got to do what they've been doing this whole time. Yeah. The Kill one thing, like the one thing Jasper says that vampires that the newborns do is different is like just don't let them wrap up on you because they can crush your organs. And I'm like, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> like that's actually super dumb. Well, the beheadings are dumb in this franchise too, so. I like the beheadings. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I like the behead. I like the idea of the beheadings. I don't like how they do it. I hate how it looks like they're just breaking a statue. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it can be really cool and super metal the way they do it. They just choose not to do it that they way. They absolutely choose not to. Like, oh, it literally man. looks like something out of a video, out of like a PS2 video game. Oh man. So, um, you know, Bella discusses, uh, she talks to Jasper, finds out his backstory, which we already talked about. And uh, he talks about how he hated himself for what he did while working with Maria until he met Alice. And I guess when bonded, mated vampires get together, it's a beautiful thing. And this (laughs) convinces... This super convinces Bella that it's time for her to marry Edward because <laughs> that's important to her. And I guess that also comes from that night where she really wanted, where she really wanted to sleep with him. And he was like, oh, no, I'm, no, thank you. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, you know, they talk about how, or she talks about how she's like, I'm a human. This is an experience I want to have, even if it's with a vampire. And, you know, he, you know, Edward sticks to his guns and tells her, look, like, you know, if this is how you want to do it, this isn't how I would do it. And if I was a human, this is how I, you know, I would, I would court you. I would talk to your dad. I would actually go through the process of, you know, making you fall in love with me, not like, not, not do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, But it's like, she's become so obsessed with the idea of becoming a vampire. It was almost like, yeah, she was like kind of like telling him to go fuck himself pretty much on anything he wanted in that relationship. Yes. Which, you know, hey, I mean, obviously you want to encourage women to to be the the rulers of their own body mm-hmm. <laughs> and not become a vampire. But yeah, it, her 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 complete disregard for what he does, which is what makes uh, which is what it eventually just makes Rosalie like would tell her what she tells her right Mm -hmm. is the fact that she's just not listening to edward really and i feel like even for as good as the story rosalie tells her she doesn't really she kind of blows it off after that too yeah (laughs) and and i think and i think because she blows that off even that's where i'm kind of like okay cool well i'm not really that i don't like you that much either (laughs) (laughs) well fuck you too then bitch <laughs> yeah, almost like okay. Well, I'm finished with you, Bella. Can we just get more Rosalie stories now? <laughs> I want the Rosalie movie. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so Edward and Bella they go off to camp in the mountains, um, and they end up using uh Jacob to kind of cover uh her scent because um they th- they don't think that the newborns will be able to uh, smell through his wolf scent. Oh yeah, and that oh, they keep be... talking about she smells like a dog. <laughs> yeah, a disgusting dog. 
that feels racist, but yeah, something about it, right? Whenever they're like, "Oh, you smell like a him," and I'm just like, "What? <laughs> the brown boy?" <laughs> smell like those people. <laughs> and it's like, so they then they spend the next like, I swear to God, it feels like twenty minutes. <laughs> like just, just fucking having Jacob carry Bella through the goddamn <laughs> and setting up camps at different places. Because the idea is that they're going, they have to keep Bella away from the battle so that she can't get attacked by the newborns. Um, meanwhile, everyone else is, uh, you know, they're they're gonna have the big the big fight scene over at one of the uh at one of those vacant fields that are all over <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> so um you know I think this is the night of the storm, right? They get the huge storm where Bella is like freezing to death and mm-hmm. Edward, because he's a cold one, he can't really uh he can't really like keep her safe. Oh yeah, so of course he has to like of course we need to see more shirtless Jacob. That's where that's where this is going. So, Mirabella, I'm going to keep you warm with my backs. <laughs> and then he has to sit there and like make make really uncomfortable faces to her and to Edward while this is happening. <laughs> How does it feel to get cucked? Yeah, this okay. is terrible. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. He's basically getting cucked. <laughs> Come on, Edward, cucking! Don't you, don't you hate this? Don't you hate this so much? <laughs> <laughs> they like they start talking about how what was what was the weird thing Edward was talking about is that he's like oh if she had to love someone else at least it's you who and I know you would protect her or something like that Ugh. and then he <laughs> so you guys gonna fight or fuck I know <laughs> then they start threatening <laughs> to fuck each other and then uh-huh. Jacob's like no nah, even if you can protect her I wish she never fell in love with you. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I respect it. I respect that kind of hatred. Honestly, that's they should the, be more. That's the hatred I can respect. <laughs> Everything else he does, I cannot. But his hatred, I can respect it. Honestly, he's a hater, dude, and there's nothing wrong. He really with is that. a hater. I, you know what? Now that I think about it, if I if I if I go back and then I just like view these entire three boobies from like the lens that Jacob is just a hater, maybe I'll like him a lot more. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> hate, 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 hate. That's all you do. <laughs> I hate you, and I hope all the bad things happen to only you. <laughs> he doesn't need an alarm clock. His hatred wakes him up. <laughs> I wake up every morning just to spread negativity. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that would be a better version of Jake. You know, I appreciate that this franchise is literally just every episode you and I just hop on here and, like, try to rewrite these movies to make them something we'd be more interested in. (laughs) It's not even to make them better. It's to make it something you and me like. Exactly. Like, the people who are actually fans of these movies would not like any of the ideas that we have. It's literally just for us to make each other laugh. Hey, man, two reviews later, and I haven't even railed against no... <laughs> I haven't even railed against no minor league baseball players, so people should be I know. Happy. Dude, that feels like it's so long ago. Like, because this thing, we also, like, see, like, Bella's friends for, like, our... um for 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 what feels like our one scene. It's like now. It's like now. They probably like all signed like a multi-picture deal, so we're like forced to like look at them and catch up with them for one minute. (laughs) Yeah. All of a sudden, they go away, and then we forget that they exist again. Probably all of them just like flew into town to to like film their scenes for three or five days, and then just all dipped at the same time. I mean, if we get back into the kind of like villain plot with the newborns, I, I think around this time is when we're also like seeing Victoria as well, right? And this is, uh, yeah. And Victoria, Reach. I, dude, I did not know who the fuck this character was. And well, I mean, like, I was like, is this, I was like, when they mentioned that, that her mate was killed by Edward, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that sounds familiar. That sounds like something that happened in the first movie mm-hmm. that we're now referencing here. 
And I figured out that the reason why I didn't fucking recognize it is because Bryce Dallas Howard is now playing this character and she was played by a completely different actress in the first two movies. <laughs> why would you do this? Why would you why would you recast a character who's like, you know, the actor is like, I don't know that I'd seen her in anything else <laughs> with someone who is very recognizable from other things. It's almost as egregious as you know Maggie Gyllenhaal and Katie Holmes <laughs> Batman Begins the Dark Knight. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That's a perfect parallel for this. Yeah, it's, it's not even like they look anything alike. They just slap a red wig on one of these, which I'm pretty sure was the first girl. <laughs> it's really weird to see her in a bit part too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she, yeah, she doesn't talk all that much compared feel, to other movies. She feels like a like her and Anna Kendrick, like. It, those are the two actresses that I don't it doesn't make sense to see them like play such small parts <laughs> when they're usually like lead actresses and things yeah and like you said you know at this point we find out that uh, it's her leading this newborn army along with Riley Byers and they're essentially going to get revenge on the Cullens um and it's wild because the attacks you know as the attacks progress throughout the movie they get more and more violent um and they become very indiscriminate who they uh turn to the point of turning like this 10 year old girl uh brie tanner mm-hmm. um who ends up becoming a, a member of the vampire army so i do like that i do like those scenes where they w- would uh turn people it reminded me a lot of the um not as violent but it did remind me a lot of certain scenes uh of feeding from um 30 days of night Mm -hmm. which is still one of my favorite vampire movies honestly (laughs) um but yeah so kind of going back to camp camp uh edward bella uh while they're hiding in the mountains uh jacob overhears uh edward and bella just talking about their uh engagement um to which he gets super pissed about (laughs) and i guess he's gonna run away and bella gets mad and chases after him and she tells him to kiss her because she now realizes she's in love with him I was like, at what point did you fall in love with him? At what what did he do to make you fucking finally fall in love with him? Because there is nothing that comes to mind for this character to for these two to to if we're talking about Bella and Edward having like no no chemistry. These two have negative chemistry. <laughs> I was about to say they literally have like they they are sucking the the chemistry out of every other relationship. They are chemistry vampires. These two are like Oppenheimer. They are creating a bomb that will kill literally everyone <laughs> around them. There is no redeeming about these two getting together and it literally comes out of nowhere for her to finally be like I love you that that was stupid (laughs) you basically calling them a threat to world peace (laughs) that's how I feel (laughs) I mean it literally makes zero sense for any of these for, for these two to suddenly be in love yeah, I'm with you. It's please don't. Why are you doing this? Please stop movie. <laughs> but then the best part is Edward's not mad because he knows Bella loves Edward more than she loves Jacob. Edward really is a cuck in this. My goodness. <laughs> you 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 ain't coming out good in this movie, my da- my guy. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. So finally, the sticks. <laughs> Yeah, this stinks. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, finally, everyone does exactly what we want to do, and they abandon Bella in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I like how increasingly negative this is getting. <laughs> oh. So then Jacob, Jacob, and Edward go, and they meet up with the rest of the, uh, with the rest of the wolves and the vampires. And they finally have the big vampire werewolf fight that we were promised for the last two movies. 
And yeah, the, you want to see weird, shitty CGI with oh, decapitations? It's here. You know, if this movie, like, if they if they decided to do some kind of like practical effect or something like that, like if they decided to go practical, I think maybe it'd be more interesting. But again, it's so, and this is bad CGI, like cartoonish, like, mm. you know, like people complain about the Flash, like, you know, like that came out earlier this year and how terrible the CGI was. It's like, mm. this is what this is. This feels like late 90s CGI, like the 98 Godzilla movie or like, <laughs> or like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, like some of the worst CGI that like I've ever seen in my life. Dude, it's so bad, like... And it's and it's weird, right? Because this is what twenty ten. This is like there's good CGI during this time, <laughs> but every movie was obsessed with being showing off CGI. And I guess, I guess this is just when it was considered cheaper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was like a weird time in the late twenty tens where it was like every movie fucking had shitty CGI. Yeah. It's, it's yeah and again i think because it's it's not really something that this it's not something that they're interested in telling they don't want to show you action scenes in this mm-hmm. they what the people who make this movie think is the most interesting part are these terrible edward bella and jacob scenes that's what it's they literally think. the 10 minutes leading up to this fight that is <laughs> that is what they think we are here for and I'm absolutely not here for it. <laughs> I will I'm sure not there, there are. And I'm sure there were some people in the crowd that were here for that. Oh, no. Everyone who listens to this podcast who has probably wanted us to do this series, that is probably the people who that is what they're interested in. Mm. It's just, it's not working for me. I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry, friends who wanted us to, to, to do this I, I, for disappointing you. But this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you guys have bad taste, but <laughs> Wait, you guys are literally the worst people on earth. But you guys are literally supporting romance movies, uh, war crimes. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of like you know when we talked about how interested we'd be in like doing rom coms and some romantic like you know and some like teen movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that's this isn't this isn't any of that. <laughs> uh, this this isn't what I would suggest. <laughs> uh, so after the uh, wolves and the vampires uh, managed to kill the rest of the newborns, lo and behold, who shows up? The High Council of. <laughs> <laughs> In comes the Volturi. <laughs> Who show up out of nowhere? Um, <laughs> <Council> of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Need a second there? You good? <laughs> I am fucking dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty proud of this one. <laughs> oh, I leave this in because I think this is the hardest I've ever laughed on it. <laughs> oh my god. Nope. <laughs> it's funny again. Wow, he got oh. Brooke Angel. This is awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh. Okay, I'm good. All right. <laughs> so the Volturi arrive, and after sharing a nice plate of tortellini, they get all angry and are like, You gotta kill that kid over there. <laughs> they literally look over and they're like, Who the fuck is she? <laughs> They're like, I count all the Collins. Why who the fuck is she? <laughs> and they and that's the girl I was telling you about from the beginning, Bree Tanner. And essentially the Voltori tell him, look, you know, either you know you're not Bella isn't a vampire yet, and there's this newborn, 
Y'all got decisions to make. And so they decide uh, to let the Voltori uh, take Bree, and she ends up getting killed. Yeah. And it's a moment that's supposed to be super sad, and just for the fact that she's a child that she dies, but at the same, I felt nothing. I felt nothing. It's cheap. It's cheap. To bring a kid in there just to kill the kid is kind of like, eh, like, okay, like, you know, there there are certain movies where you do it and it has an impact. And I think the mm-hmm. most famous one is Jaws. You kill a kid in Jaws, and it, it's it's one of those things that like makes you think, oh my god, this movie, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is more like, it, you know, there is a movie that we reviewed on this podcast that that where they where they do kill a kid in really brutal fashion, but they also kind of do so much gag out of it that <laughs> that you're like, okay, well, yeah, that way. It, it's the scene in Halloween, the 2018 one. Where like the dancing kid and his like shotgun toting father who wants to take him hunting because he doesn't want his son to become a dancer. I like, forgot you know, about it. <laughs> there's that great scene where they're like both in the car, like talking about it, and, and it's like it, it's a gag, right? Like they do, they're really good at doing like the the kid stuff, and and all it really does is you don't really feel so much. I mean, you feel so much for the brutality of it because you're like, yeah, this kid's funny. This kid's interesting. They they, they they give you just enough of this character before they kill them that you're like, oh, well, that sucks that that, that, that happened. And, mm-hmm. and it makes your villain even more evil because he's willing to, you know, murder innocent people who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And it We're also all... helps. It also helps to 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 make you fear for the other child character, Julian, later in that movie, because you're like, yeah, this movie kills kids, so obviously, or like when Michael Myers is walking through like a child's bedroom where you hear a kid crying in the crib, you're like, yeah, anything goes, and anybody can go. Whereas like this, again, it's just, I, I what do I know about this kid? I don't know mm-hmm. anything about her. She could have eaten a six pack of babies before even showing <laughs> up, you know, like. <laughs> Like for all I knew, she was, she could have been a way worse murder murderer than the Volturi. Yeah. So yeah, like when she dies, I I feel bad saying that, but it's very unearned, and I and I yeah, like you said, it's kind of a cheap thing. Um, but yeah, so this is where Jane notes that Bella's still human. Uh, but she tells them she tells the Volturi that there's a transformation date set. Um, and at that point, that's where she goes and checks out. Um, the Voltari are fucking idiots, by the way, because they are bad at their job. They are so fucking <laughs> terrible because you might as well just fucking nuke them right now. Like, just kill her now. Like, because, why? like you're really gonna give her the option to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna become a vampire at this later date when something happens." And of course, them <laughs> being the high council of. Hmm, I just picture them like twiddling their fingers and accepting it and then walking away <laughs> to be seen later. This... And the shitty part about it is that, that that the point of this is that they're going to try to set them up as a bigger threat later in the movie. I, I don't feel any threat from these people. They are fucking goofballs. Yeah, they seem they seem like they need the Collins way more than the Collins need them. Yeah. Um. So let's see... Yeah, so pretty much um yeah, after the after the battle, uh she goes and visits by she I mean uh uh what's her face? Uh Bella mm-hmm. goes and sees Jacob. Um and you know tells him, Hey, so I picked Edward, so you need to back off. And essentially he agrees that he's gonna stop trying to come between her and Edward, but that he'll always be there for her and I'm always gonna love you. <laughs> um and yeah, then then they go back to their weird cottage core meadow where he's always shining. It's like the one place that he's safe, I guess, to be in the sun. Mm-hmm. And this is where Bella decides that they're going to get married, they're gonna totally do it, and then she's gonna transform him, or he's gonna transform her into a vampire. And that then everything in their world will will be complete. Yeah, the most unsexy shit you could possibly imagine. And now that now begins the worst part. Edward has to tell Charlie that he's going to marry his daughter. Oh no! <laughs> Poor Charlie. Oh, justice for Charlie. Yeah. 
roll credits and that's that's eclipse oh that was eclipse <laughs> <laughs> this is the hard two hour movie that was eclipse yeah i god damn man again i did javi did, did you like the twilight saga eclipse I like, like you said, I like that every time we watch these movies, we decide what we think would entertain us way more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to write off the entire movie. I no. felt like Eclipse had, had spurts of a good movie in it. And the like the newborn line, the newborn story is fantastic. Hmm. I think the newborn stuff is really interesting. And like the idea of someone creating an army and trying to control these little buggers and you know, weaponize them to like attack one little town reminded me so much of 30 Days of Night. I thought it was great. Um I like the expansion on the on the werewolf lore. Without mm-hmm. agreed, have, without it's having... the one time that I've liked anything that I've been told about the werewolves. <laughs> yeah, because and also Jacob isn't super involved in it, so it kind of takes his weird, like the weirdness I feel about him as a character out of the two yeah. out of that equation. Um, the backstories on a lot of the Collins is really cool. Like we already said, like we want the Rosalie movie. Release the Rosalie cut. Her stuff, it, her stuff is it, it's so good. It's too good to be in this movie. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is too good to be associated with this series, in my opinion. But yeah, agreed. It's, it's... like a revenge thriller. Of a you know a murdered bride to be turned vampire, um, you know, set in the nineteen, 19- yeah, and a period piece. Hell yeah, give me that. That sounds cool as shit. This was twenty ten. <laughs> I swear to God, Tarantino would have made this around this mm-hmm. time. This was right after Inglorious Bastards. You could have had something at the early twentieth century with fucking dust till dawn elements in it even though it's a rodriguez movie but mm-hmm. tarantino stars in it uh definitely um yeah this one's better than the last one there there's there's much more uh that's interesting about it in terms of story elements they're actually trying to go somewhere with it um that said i don't know if you want to answer this for yourself i still think that the first one is probably still the most interesting and feels the most complete all of these so. that one that one feels like a movie that kind of stands on its own whereas a lot of these things feel more like they're a combination of decent ideas that just aren't being executed properly it's the marvel effect right mm. or it's like the franchise effect it's when you got a movie that just literally shits money and you have a franchise or you have an IP that just, you know is already going to get greenlit for a sequel. Yeah, I, like, I th- yeah agreed. I, I think Marvel's, Marvel movies right now suffer from this greatly. Where mm-hmm. it's like they're so interested in setting up things for you to worry about later. That what you're actually watching suffers because of it. Like what's the big payoff here? The big payoff is that we're eventually going to see Bella finally become a vampire. And it's going to take about probably three movies of the series for it to oh, finally happen. God. So we still got to get through Breaking Dawn Part 1 before that happens, I think. I, I yeah. honestly don't know. Breaking Dawn um, Part 1 I have seen is the only one in this franchise that... I, it, well, it was the first one in this franchise that I wa- that I saw. <laughs> so this will be, you this started will, with the end. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be and it'll be my first time watching it since then. I do remember my thoughts of it, and I remember mm-hmm. my first time watching it, having not seen any other Twilight movie. Edward was the character that I that I liked the most in it, even more than Bella. So we will see. We will see what my opinion of it is when we go through it again. Oh uh, well, I'll tell you the best apparently the best part in and Breaking Dawn Part 2 has been ruined for me. And boy, can I not wait to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so 
yeah thanks for joining us for this episode of the show sorry it's taken us uh an extra week to get there but we are getting there we are watching the movies you guys are asking for so uh please bear with us and and, and we hope that we're ending the year uh, in a really entertaining fashion for you guys. I mean, if nothing else, again, we may not be we may not be super into the movies that we're doing, but I have to admit that I'm getting super into the conversations that we're having about them to the point where I think when the new year starts, it makes so much sense for us to look at another movie series that we've never seen before. The idea of just catching some of these things that other people have known about and maybe have been in the periphery, but we've just never seen before, it is there is something fun about it <laughs> and, and i'm enjoying going through that part of it yeah so let us know if there's any series y'all grew up with that you think our horrible opinions will ruin for you yeah <laughs> and uh yeah please continue to interact with us on social media leave us uh, reviews on apple podcasts uh rate us on apple podcasts rate us on spotify if you can um and just you know try to do what you can share our posts or or just uh, share the podcast with people you know. Uh, maybe we can help raise the awareness of the show and uh, and help move us forward as we get into the next year and hopefully a much more regular output as we, as we approach the end of this year. So uh, thanks for joining us for this week's episode, and we will talk to you guys next time. Take it easy, y'all.